How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Three of you are doing great. I'm going to try that again. How's everybody doing this morning? There we go, because I'll just keep asking, and you know that you don't want that. Um, Pastor Julie talked about this earlier, about this series, and, and as soon as we started talking about this coming up, as soon as they told me uh, how they texted everyone and emailed everyone and asked for, for their opinions on what they want to escape from, I got excited, because there are a lot of churches, and I'll be honest, there are a lot of churches that hide from things like this, and, and for us to hit it head on was so important to me, and, and as a pastor... There are times that, that the message we feel led to speak, we, we have to seek through his word and pray, and, and over time it comes to us. And then there are times where it's like a lightning bolt, and it just hits you, and you're like, this is what I'm here for. And so as they talked about what escape was, I was just immediately, God speaking to me like, you got to talk about depression. You, you have to talk about depression. You have to talk about this. And I felt it so strongly, and I'm so excited by it. Uh, and depression is something that has touched my life in so many ways uh, because I'm a counselor and so I've spoken with a lot of people about it. I'm a pastor and so I've, I've heard a lot about it, I've prayed a lot about it, and I struggle with depression. My, myself, I struggle with depression. I actually am dressed differently today and I was raised in a conservative Nazarene church so this is very difficult for me. I actually talked to Julian and, and I was like, listen, I gotta ask you if this is okay. She's like, yeah, why are you asking me this? No, she helped me through it and I prayed about it because this is something, I, this message I wanted to be me for. I, I wanted to just be right here as I am, as I feel, and always keep fighting it is something that means so much to me. I wear a bracelet all the time that says always keep fighting. We're going to talk about that today, uh, as you see on the title. Uh, we're going to talk about what that means, how you keep fighting through your struggle. You keep fighting to, to move forward. You keep fighting for, for your faith. And as I, I prayed about this message, I, I knew who I needed to use. And Jeremiah, the prophet, is, is such a wonderful uh, prophet for so many reasons, such a wonderful illustration for so many reasons. But I want to read some of his words today to show that he also struggled with depression, with, with issues like this. And, and it's something that always mattered to me when people like David, like Paul, like Jeremiah would speak about issues like that because it's like, okay, well, this is not something that makes you weird. This is something that, that God works through. And so I want to go to Jeremiah chapter 20. Verses 7 through 18. O oh Lord, you misled me, and I allowed myself to be misled. You are stronger than I am, and you overpowered me. Now I am mocked every day. Everyone laughs at me. When I speak, the words burst out. Violence and destruction, I shout. So these messages from the Lord have made me a household joke. But if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak in his name, his word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. I have heard the many rumors about me. They call me the man who lives in terror. They threaten, if you say anything, we will report it. Even my old friends are watching me, waiting for a fatal slip. He will trap himself, they say, and then we will get our revenge on him. These aren't the words that we are accustomed to hearing from prophets, from people who write scripture. But he is going straight to God with how he is feeling. He, he feels trapped. He feels alone. He feels scared. He feels hurt. He feels mocked. All of these things he is struggling with. Uh, Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet because of his words, because most of his prophecies, most of the things God told him to say was like, hey, you guys aren't living right and destruction is coming. Hey, you got to watch out. Something bad is coming down the line. And that's because God wanted to warn people. But for Jeremiah, it developed this reputation for him of, well, here comes Jeremiah. He's going to say something negative. Here comes Jeremiah. You better turn your smile upside down, like whatever it is that people would say about him. 
They actually called him Magor Misabib, which is Hebrew for terror on every side. And they said it in a mocking way. And so Jeremiah felt mocked, and he mentioned being made fun of. He mentioned uh, feeling like everybody was watching him. And, and for him, that was definitely true most of the time. But also, he probably, because of that and because of other things he was dealing with, he felt it all the time anyway. You see, one of the things that I struggle with, one of the things that, that, that has been hard on me in my life, and you can take some of it from my childhood, you can take it from different areas in my life, different people that I've worked for, but, but what it comes down to is there is almost a constant voice in my head that says, they're laughing at you. They're talking about you. When I see people whisper, not that anybody ever talks during a message, you know, but when I see people whisper, when I hear people laugh, it's like, they're laughing at you. Uh, they're, they're giving you pity. They don't like you. And it's not something that I believe most of the time, but it's something that is always there. It's something that affects how I interact in person. I feel a social anxiety sometimes, most of the time. It's something that interacts how I think about myself. It's something that really affects me because I feel this constant judgment, this constant mocking, just on and on and on. It's something that I can't escape. It affects how I sleep, which I don't. And so it's something that can be very hard. Uh, and because of that, and because of who I am, I am actually harder on myself than anyone else ever could be, because I judge myself way too harshly. And this goes to what I was talking to Julie about. I feel very uncomfortable right now. Uh, nobody here cares what I wear, for the most part. Uh, I don't care what anybody else wears, because it's church, and you should be yourself. You should be here open and fully for him, not for what other people think. And I know that, and I believe it, and I say it. But I still feel like, oh man, somebody is looking at you and they're like, he's wearing a t-shirt and he's wearing ripped jeans and he is dressing like he's 20 and he's actually 93. Like all of these things that, that people are saying and I feel that. And it's something that, that isn't talked about a lot. I said that a lot of churches don't talk about it. Uh, and largely that's because depression is very much misunderstood. Uh, depression, because everyone gets sad sometimes. Raise your hand if you've ever been sad in your life. Good, everybody, if you didn't, you know, come on. Uh, but there's such a, a, an importance, especially in our society, put on smile. Now, women hear this all the time in a judgy way, right? But, but it's, there's a, such a, a, a preference on, well, you got to smile, you got to look happy, you got to be happy. Uh, there's actually a saying in Russia that if you smile all of the time, you're either insane or American. Because... <laughs> Other countries don't really care about that as much, but we have this, this societal impulse to just, you got to smile, you got to put on a happy face. And so with depression, it's very much like, well, have you tried not being depressed? Like, just smile. Just go to the circus or go and do something and be happy. And it's like, oh yeah, I never thought about that. Thank you so much. I had never once considered it. Hey, by the way, you have the flu. Have you tried not having the flu? Like, it's something that, that is such a judgment, it's such a harsh uh, feeling, and it's not from a place of negativity. People that have said that to me, they're not saying, I hate you, you're not valid. They're saying, I don't understand this, and when I'm sad, I do something and I'm happy. Why can't you be happy? And so it's something that, that is so hard to deal with. It's something that people don't even realize they have sometimes, because nobody talks about it. Now. Let me start here. The most important thing, the thing that has helped me the most, the thing that I do constantly is pray. And I know in a church we say that all of the time, but it is so vital that you start there, 
that you pray, that you pray to God, like Jeremiah did, how he's talking to God saying, hey, I feel really bad and I feel like everybody hates me. Uh, and you talk to God constantly. You talk to God through the good times, through the bad times. You talk to him all the time. And I will say this because I've seen it happen with people in my life. He can offer healing. There are absolutely times that you can be healed from the burden of depression, just as there are people that have been healed from cancer, healed from, from any other kind of disease that you have. But not everybody gets that healing. And I'm not going to say, well, this is why. It's because your life has meaning. It's because you are, are destined to talk about this. I don't know. I don't have the mind of God. But I know that there is a feeling, especially among places that I've been before, that if you are not healed after you pray, you don't have enough faith. You're not trying hard enough. You're not praying hard enough. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. That's not true. You see, you can pray every single day, all of the time, pray for healing, and you may not get it. That does not mean that you never will. It doesn't mean that God doesn't hear you. He does hear you. But he is saying, wait, work with this, fight, keep going forward, do what you can do. For me, it's something that has affected my life throughout everything. But I keep getting up, not because I'm special, not because I can do it, but because he can. And because through him I can, so I keep praying. And sometimes it's a struggle. There are a lot of days that it's a struggle, and I don't even know why it's a struggle. But praying helps. And Jeremiah talks about this, and he basically says, man, I want to quit. Everyone here at some point has wanted to quit, right? You want to quit because things get too hard, because people are on your case, because somebody takes your promotion, because... I don't know how the real word works. Something else happens. You want to quit. And Jeremiah said, man, everybody hates me. I want to quit. But he didn't because he felt the word of the Lord in him so strongly. And even when he hated himself, he had this love for God, love for God's word, this desire to do something that God called him to do. Even when he dragged himself out of bed to go do it, he still did it. He kept fighting. And that's what I want to talk about today. Keep fighting. Continue fighting. There is a, a person that I really look up to, and he's on my shirt, Jared Padalecki. Now, I know him from Supernatural. Most of you may know him from something like Gilmore Girls, I guess, which is also good, I guess. But Jared Padalecki is uh, about six foot four. And he's like really good shape. He looks like an athlete. Uh, he, he's young. He has a, a young family. He's got three kids, a beautiful wife. He's an attractive guy. I can say that. He's an attractive guy. He has a successful show. To me, a very successful show. 15 years, legit. Uh, he has a good life. And so if you look at him, you're like, oh man, his life must be easy. Jared Padalecki, a few years ago, 15 years ago, uh, basically came out and said, I struggle with depression. Now a lot of people are like, yeah, come on. You're 6'4". If I were 6'4 and good looking, I'd never be sad. Uh, you have a beautiful wife. You have kids. If I looked like that, if I had a wife like that, if I had a job like you, if I had money, you'd ne I'd never be sad. And so he had to deal with that. But he dealt with it in a positive way. Even though he felt it, he continued to talk about it. This shirt is a campaign where he, he makes these shirts every once in a while uh, through an organization, and it's about suicide prevention. It's about depression awareness. And it, all of the money goes to his charity for this. And so this matters to me a lot because I saw someone on a show that I loved, a show about hunting ghosts and monsters and things like that, which is what I used to do. Just joking. Uh, it's a, a show that, that just speaks to me on so many levels. I saw this guy who I looked up to say, hey, I struggle with this. And it's hard sometimes, and I keep fighting, but it hurts. And he doesn't hide it. But 
It's a battle even for him. And so you look to that and you say, wow, other people deal with this. Wow, Pastor Jeff deals with this. Wow, Jeremiah deals with this. Wow, wow, this guy with a name I don't even know anymore deals with this. I know him. I'm saying you guys don't. And so it's something that everyone can struggle with at some point. And it's something where there are days that everything is just awful. Days that you do not want to get up. Now, all of you could say there are days like that for us. That's absolutely true. But it's kind of a different thing, and I'll talk more about that in just a second. But there are days where everything kind of clicks, and you're a little better, and you feel kind of happy. And so I want to go back to Jeremiah, and this is verse 11. But the Lord stands beside me like a great warrior. Before him, my persecutors will stumble. They cannot defeat me. They will fail and be thoroughly humiliated. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord of heaven's armies, you test those who are righteous, and you examine the deepest thoughts and secrets. Let me see your vengeance against them, for I have committed my cause to you. Sing to the Lord, praise to the Lord, for though I was poor and needy, he rescued me from my oppressors. This is almost like a new person is writing this. It's almost like somebody came in and tapped Jeremiah on the shoulder and said, hey, I'm happy, Jeremiah, so I'm going to write about this. Now, what he just says, these are things that he believes all of the time. But they're not things that he can say all of the time because it's hard to feel that. It's hard to deal with that. And so there are days that he feels like just before where he's like, man, everything is awful. Everybody hates me. And then the same day, he's like, but God is there. Now, that's true. Both things can be true. And he says, God is there. Because even at your darkest, whether you struggle with depression or not, God is there. Even when I'm at my lowest, I know that God is there. Even when it's hard for me to get out of bed, I know that God is there. Jeremiah, even when he feels mocked and hated and made fun of, God is there. And it's such an important thing to know. Uh, one of the things I want to say before I move on to the next scripture, the way that I've described it before to people is everyone has a scale of 1 to 10, let's say, on happiness, on self-love, whatever you want to call it. And so most people, the average person, uh, wakes up at about a five, maybe a six. Some people I've met wake up at like a nine. But that's like really happy, really excited. Beatrice actually wakes up at a nine. You, I had to work her in. Uh, and so it's, it's, you wake up on that scale, like five, six. Some people, I, for me, me for example, people who struggle with depression, wake up at maybe a three. Now, it's nothing that happened before. It's just how it goes. And you wake up at a three, you get so used to it that three feels like a five. And so if you wake up at a five, a six, uh, then, then throughout the day, maybe something awesome happens. Maybe your kid comes home and, and does their chores right away. Maybe uh, your boss says something nice to you. Maybe your husband, your wife, they give you a gift. Maybe uh, there's just a good day and you feel like, oh man, today's like an eight, a nine. Today's a ten. And you get to feel them. And then if you get sad, if something bad happens, maybe you drop down to a four, a three, maybe a two. But when you wake up at a three, sometimes the highest you can get is a five or a six. And so for you, that feels like what Jeremiah is just saying. You're like, man, today is not crushing me. I feel okay. And so you're praising. And to everybody else, you're like, you're barely happy. But to you, you're like, this is a victory. But the downside, obviously, is you can go down to a one real easily. And that's where it gets scary, because if nobody understands, if nobody wants to understand, that's where bad things can happen. That's where you can give up, and that's why I always keep fighting matters so much. That's why it matters to me so much, because you continue fighting through the ones. You continue fighting through the fives. You continue fighting, no matter what the day is. Uh, going to verse 14. 
Yet I curse the day I was born. Same guy. Yet I curse the day I was born. May no one celebrate the day of my birth. I curse the messenger who told my father, good news, you have a son. Let him be destroyed like the cities of old that the Lord overthrew without mercy. Terrify him all day long with battle shouts because he did not kill me at birth. Oh, that I had died in my mother's womb, that her body had been my grave. Why was I ever born? My entire life has been filled with trouble, sorrow, and shame. This is the same person. I want to stress that because this is Jeremiah, a prophet of the Lord, who started out saying, everybody hates me. My life is so hard, but I can't give up because of God. And he's like, but you know what? God's really awesome. God is amazing. God is always there. God loves me. God will take care of everything. God will take care of the people that are against me. God will take care of the people that are for me. God will do everything because he is God. And then in the same breath almost, he says, but man, I wish I hadn't been born. And he goes farther than that. He goes darker than that. This is about the darkest you can find in the Bible. He says, not only do I wish I hadn't been born, I wish that my father would be cursed and my mother would be cursed for giving birth to me because it's their fault that I'm here and I wish I wasn't here. That's a big statement. That is a hard thing to read from a prophet of the Lord. And it's not something he's saying, God, I don't believe in you anymore. If he didn't believe in God, he'd be gone. If he didn't have the faith in God, he wouldn't be saying this to God. And this is him continue fighting. You see, he fought through the three. He fought through the five and now he's fighting through the one because he's going to God. In my life, I have days that are good. I have days, uh, usually they coincide with youth things, uh, with Kings Island trips, with, with just a regular youth service. I have days that are six, maybe even a seven. And it feels so good. And I feel so special in a way to have this purpose. And I feel like I belong sometimes. But then sometimes that night, sometimes later that day, I feel, man, I wish I hadn't been born. I wish that things weren't like this. Nobody did anything. I have had people in my life, not all that long ago, give up because you're not happy long enough. You're happy sometimes, but you're, you're just sad all the time. You're just depressing to be around. Oh, thanks, I am. And that hurts. And it's something that I understand because I know what it is like to be around me. And, and that is why I always keep fighting. Isn't just for the people who struggle with depression. It's for the people who are friends, family, loved ones of those struggling with depression. Because you're going to feel like you don't matter. You're going to feel like everything you say to them just goes one ear and out the other. You're going to feel like every time you try to help them, the next day they need the same thing again. And you're going to feel like you're not doing anything, but you are. Always keep fighting. For people with depression means you continue fighting the struggle. You continue moving forward. For people who love people who struggle with depression, it means you continue being there. Now, I want to say this, and hopefully this will take uh, some worry off of your hearts. If someone in your life struggles with depression, there is nothing, nothing that you can say or can do or have said or have done that either causes it or fixes it. It is what their life is. It is what their struggle is. So do not put the pressure on yourself to, I've got to come up with the perfect quote. I've got to come up with the perfect thing to say. I've got to keep them active. I've got to go do this. It is not on you. What is on you is to be there, to listen, to love, not in the way that you think they should be loved, in the way they need loved, in the way God loved them, in the way Jeremiah felt loved. 
nothing that anyone ever said to me was worse than anything I say to myself. In college, uh, grad school actually, one of my many grad schools which puts me in debt and just not worth anything, but that's, I can say that I have a master's, yay. Uh, so in college, it was a dark time for me. It was one of the worst times for me. And there were months, months of me pushing people away, of me saying no whenever somebody wanted to hang out, of me skipping classes, not enough to do bad grades because I still had my grandma's voice in my head too, like you gotta get A's or you're done. And I got A's. Uh, but of me just hiding. And this was 56 years ago, so I didn't understand why I was feeling this way. I just knew I was sad. I was like, how come I'm not getting happy? Because again, this is not something that's talked about, especially then. Now, as we move forward, there, there are churches like this. There are places that talk more and more about depression, about addiction, about things that people struggle with. But then, especially, it's like, I, I don't know what's wrong. And I just felt lost. I felt broken. I felt dark. I felt like I cursed the day I was born. And, and in those days, I could not imagine it getting darker. And I could not imagine feeling worse. And I could not imagine feeling better. There were people who tried to cheer me up and it didn't take. There were people who gave up and it hurt. But there were people who stayed and listened. And it didn't matter that, that I didn't hang out with them. It didn't matter that they didn't talk to me every day. But it mattered that I knew they existed. It mattered that I knew I had friends, family. And one day... I was watching Seventh Heaven. Who remembers that show? It was a good show. Seventh Heaven. I was watching it because uh, TV is kind of like my music. Like a lot of people listen to music to, to feel calm, to feel peace, to, to move forward. TV is what I do with that. Not like reality stuff, but, but TV shows because I'm a writer. At my heart, I'm a writer. And so when I see stories acted out, it, it speaks to me. And so I was watching Seventh Heaven, and there was a kid on it who was sad all the time. And as they go through, like, I was like, wow, he seemed kind of like me. That's crazy. And at the end, they're like, hey, if you struggle with depression, go to this website. And I was like, oh, that's a thing. And so I went to this website, and I saw it, and that's where I began fighting back. Now, I believed in God, and I tried, and I was already fighting in a way, but that's where I was like, oh, wait, there's something. There's a name to this. There's a struggle to fight. There's something that, that I can move towards. And so I understood it because it wasn't hidden in that way. And... and I continued to fight as I moved forward in my life. I went back from college and I took care of my great-grandma. She had Alzheimer's. She had taken care of me, so I took care of her. Uh, and, and I became a youth pastor at my home church. And, and, you know, I lived my life. I was still sad a lot, but I was like, okay, I'm aware of this. I just have to keep going. And then I lost my grandma. And that was hard. She was 93. She had a wonderful life. Now, the last year or so, very difficult for her very difficult for us, but, but she had a good life, and she was a Christian, and I know where she is, and I know that she is fine. I know that she is better than fine, but I lost her, and then I, I had to move. I was called here to Ohio, and to go to Ohio from Indiana, man, you guys don't even know what NCAA tournament brackets are. It's crazy, and so I'll tell you this. This is a short aside. Uh, when I first moved here and I'm driving around like looking at apartments trying to th see things, I was like, man, this is weird. There are no basketball goals anywhere. There are soccer goals everywhere, but there are no basketball goals anywhere. In Indiana, especially southern Indiana, every house had at least one goal, sometimes like six goals just hanging in the yard. And so that was hard to see. But things got dark again. It wasn't because of anybody at work. It wasn't because of anybody in my life. It's because 
things were changing and I didn't know how to deal with it. And so I started uh, hurting. I started struggling more. I started losing the fight a little bit. I have never been suicidal. But there were nights, just six, five years ago, that I, I, I have trouble sleeping, as I said, and so I take non-habit-forming sleeping pills to even get me ready to kind of sleep. There were nights that I stared at that bottle, and I did the math, and I thought, I wonder. I've heard of people doing this. I wonder. I wonder if I can take enough to just never wake up again. And I had that thought. Now, as I said, there are people that will say, well, that's suicidal. It's not because I never acted on it. I never tried to act on it. But I had that thought. I had that thought as a Christian. I had that thought as a pastor. I had that thought as a counselor. Now what stopped me was my faith first and foremost. What stopped me was that I knew there were people that would be hurt. Even though I didn't think anybody liked me, I knew there were people that would be hurt. What stopped me was having a purpose. What stopped me was having some stupid little things. Now by that, I mean I found things to look forward to. I mentioned Supernatural. I'm not making this a Supernatural message. I'm not even saying you should watch it. But it's a show that I had watched for, by then, I don't know, six, seven years, something like that. It's been on forever. Uh, and I looked forward to the next episode. For other things, I looked forward to a movie coming out. I looked forward to Spider-Man finally being done right, which he has been. Hopefully Disney doesn't screw it up. <laughs> I, I looked forward to things. Things that don't matter in the grand scheme of things. Because my faith was first and foremost. Praying was first and foremost. God's love is first and foremost. But I looked forward to things just to be able to mark on the calendar. This is coming up. There is a tomorrow. You want to make it to tomorrow. That's part of fighting. You start with your faith. You start with praying. You do that, please. But also find little things that matter to you. A new album coming out. The next game. Ohio State's Bowl. Something. Something to look forward to. And so that's what I do. That's what I did. And during that time... I, I went down to Nashville, and I got to meet Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles, who are the stars of Supernatural. And if you go on my Facebook, you'll see my picture with them, which will never not be my profile picture. And I was able to say to them, and man, I was nervous. I was able to say to them, hey, you guys mattered in my life. You guys, I, I, I'm a Christian, but, but you guys helped me through your show, and Jared, your message of, of always keep fighting that helped me, that mattered to me. And saying that to them meant so much to me. And they hugged me and they're gigantic, I'm short. And so I was swallowed up in that, but, but it was something that was amazing, it was something that I looked forward to, it was a moment that mattered. Have moments that matter. In my life now, I have Beatrice, which again, I talk about all the time. Uh, I just out there, Bonnie was talking to me and Julie, and, and like she mentioned Beatrice, she called her Bernice, but she mentioned Beatrice. <laughs> And so within like three seconds, I had my phone out as I'm talking, showing pictures, because that's what I do. And actually, on the 22nd, Beatrice will be here, so uh, I'll carry her around to each of you. But I, I have Beatrice in my life. I have my family, my friends. There are people that matter to me. Uh, there are people that, that I'm close to, that I can look to and say, you know what? I care about them, and I care about what they think, and I care about what they're going through. Uh, I care very much about what I do. I care very much about my purpose. I feel called into ministry. One of the things I said to Julie and Tim both is when they talked about escape and we talked about depression, I feel like giving this message is one of the reasons I was called into the ministry. And, and so that is something to look forward to. Um, there's another quote from Jared, and it is, you might not win every battle. There are going to be some really tough days. There might be several tough times at any given single day, but hopefully 
this will help somebody to think this isn't easy, it is a fight, and I'm going to keep fighting. There's a feeling that if you fight, you sh there's a win point, and so you're done. So you fight for a Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, you're good. Depression, addiction, things like that, they're not necessarily like that. As I said, you can be healed and delivered from those things. But sometimes it's a daily struggle. Sometimes it's a minute-by-minute -minute struggle. And sometimes you're going to lose. And by that, I mean sometimes you're not going to get out of bed. And sometimes you're going to be sad all day, and you're going to push people away, and you're going to hate yourself. But there is no shame in fighting the same battle every day. There is no shame in struggling with the same issue every day and praying about the same issue every day because you are trying, because you are fighting. And if you are fighting, you are winning because you're not giving up. And giving up is the only way to lose. And so this is something that is vital to understand because by doing that, you are trying. There's another scripture I want to read because one of the things that, that really pulls people with depression aside is you feel alone. And so Psalm 139, 1 through 6. O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. It's important to realize that God knows everything. He knows your darkest thoughts. He knows your happiest thoughts. And he still loves you. He's still there. He never goes away. He knows your struggle. He never leaves you. He knows your victories. He never leaves you. Others may. There are people that may leave you. There are people that may hurt you, but God never will. He is always able to be counted on. He is there when you're crying and when you can't get out of bed, and he's there when you're having a good day and everything's great. He is always there. That is important to know, and that is something that I know, and it's something that I need to tell myself a lot of the times. It's something David needed to tell himself. Uh, thir verses 13 through 16. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, and I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. There are days that I hate myself. Many days. Uh, I avoid mirrors. I don't like pictures. If you don't believe me, ask Becky how hard it was to get to take a picture for staff. I, I, I don't like my birthday, I don't celebrate it. It's not something that, that you know, I'm going to yell at you if you say anything, but I'm never going to tell you when it is. And it's nothing about you guys. It's nothing about God. It's just something that, that I don't want to deal with. And so it is hard for me to stand up here looking like this because in my head I'm judging myself. And I said that. And so when I read something like this, and I have to read this a lot, it says, Jeff, you're harder on yourself than anyone else is, but more than that, just know I made you. Just know that I made you. I put you together. You are who you're supposed to be. You are where you're supposed to be, and I love you, and that is God. I don't care who you are to yourself. To God, you're a victory. To God, you are worth it. To God, you are perfect. And so even if you don't believe that all the time, tell yourself that. Remind yourself of that. If you're dealing with someone who, who does struggle with this, don't walk up to them every day and say, hey, don't feel sad about yourself. God loves you. It's important to let them know God's love. But just help them by your example. Help them by listening. Help them by remembering this scripture. 
Because no matter what you think of yourself, God loves you. He made us. And I know this even when I don't know this. You help people by listening. You help people by sharing. You help people by feeling empathy. There's another quote I have, and it's a simple one, and I have a shirt that says this too. You are not alone. We just sang a song that said this. You are not alone. There are days you will feel alone. There are days you, you will feel alone when you're helping someone who's struggling with addiction, with depression. There are days you will feel alone when you're dealing with those things. There are days you will feel alone, but you are not alone. God is there. You are not alone. God is there. You are not alone. You are loved. People in this church love you. I know that. Even if you don't believe it, even if I don't know it sometimes, people in this church love you, but above all, God loves you, and God knows you, and God sees you. You are not alone. Sometimes I need time alone. So you have to be aware of that too. We have this feeling, again, in, in our society that if someone is sitting alone that they automatically are sad and lonely. Sometimes, sometimes they're just there because they feel anxious and they need to be away. I go to Chicago every year and, and I, I get time alone most of the time. And it's fun for me. Uh, just yesterday, I went to uh, Newport on the Levee to see the extended Spider-Man Far From Home movie, which is amazing, great four-minute extra. And I did it alone. Sometimes I go out to eat alone. Sometimes I go to musicals alone. And, and there are people who are like, aren't you sad? Well, sometimes, but not because of that. Because I need time alone to, to be with God. That's not what I'm saying when I'm saying you're not alone. What I'm saying is what you're struggling with. Other people are struggling with it, but God loves you no matter what. So take what you need, do what you need, but follow him. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, and I'm working on it. Uh, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. This is a huge statement that we use a lot, especially at graduation time, but this is a huge statement because in other religions now and in the history of the world, the deity, the small g God, didn't think of its people. Uh, people sacrificed worship to it, but he didn't think of them. God, our God, the God, thinks of us. God who is complete, God who is holy, God who is omnipotent, God who is everywhere, thinks of us. He thinks of you when you're struggling. He thinks of you when you're not. He thinks of you and he has a purpose for you. For me, my purpose is ministry. And doing that helps me. Helping other people helps me. Uh, I am shocked by the number of people, the number of teens, the number of adults who come to me struggling with depression that I'm able to help because I understand where other pastors, other youth pastors may not get it. Because it's something where if you don't deal with it, if you don't deal with addiction, if you don't deal with depression, if you don't deal with things like that on some level, it's hard to understand. Now, a lot of people try, but there are some people in my life, some pastors in my life who are like, get better or get gone. And so I'm shocked sometimes by the number of people that I can relate to. And I can tell you this for a fact, there is a place and a purpose for you. There is a place and a purpose for you in God. And you do not have to be healed to help. If you are fighting the fight, you can help others fight the fight. If you are struggling and trying and living for God, you can still help others. There is a place for you. My last scripture, I promise, Romans 8, 35 through 39. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? 
Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, or are persecuted or hungry or destitute, or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing you think about yourself, nothing you do, nothing you have done, nothing you will do will ever separate you from God's love. Now, you have to choose to accept that, but he will love you no matter what, and he does love you no matter what. There is no struggle, no failure, nothing that can separate you from God's love. There is nothing that will make him leave. There is nothing that will make him give up on you. You can give up on yourself, but he will never give up on you. He will always have his arms wide open for you. Remind yourself of that. Remind others. Love them in the way that God loves them, not in the way you feel that you need to in the way that they need. And if you're struggling with depression, ask for help. I promise you, it is good to ask for help. That does not mean necessarily that you have to go to counseling. Maybe you just go to, to Julie or myself or someone in the church to ask for prayer, and we'll do it. We're going to do it a little later today, but we will do it at any point in our lives, I can promise that. And so ask for help. There is nothing wrong with you. There's the struggle that you are facing, but there is nothing wrong with you. You are not a failure because you don't like yourself. You are not a failure because you struggle. You are not a failure because you're not perfect. You are enough, just as you are. You are enough, just as you are. And God loves you, so ask for help. Seek for help. Keep fighting. Always keep fighting. And if you are helping others who struggle with this, also ask for help. As for advice, in both cases, pray constantly. But I want to end with this, and I want to say it again. You are enough. There is something that I say at the end of every message, and I'm going to say it again here in a second. And the reason I say it, the reason I say that's all I've got. I understand it's not grammatically correct. Believe me, I understand that. The reason I say that is because one of the things that helps me through is I give everything I have to God. And I stand up here when I'm terrified. I stand up here with anxiety. I stand up here not liking myself, and I give it all to him. And so when I end, whether it's to the teens or to the adults, no matter where I am, if I'm preaching for him, I say that phrase because I literally give all that I have. So do that. Give yourself to him. Don't give up. Please don't give up. You are enough. Always keep fighting. That's all I got. At this point, I went a little long. Pray for a second service because I don't have a time limit. Uh, <laughs> at this point, Julie is going to come up for communion. Uh, if you feel that you need prayer during communion, I'm going to be right over there. I'll take communion and I'll be right over there. And then afterwards, I'm going to come up and say a short prayer. And then both Julie and I will be available over to the side for anyone that needs to pray. Now listen, and I know that Julie will, will back this up. If it's something with depression, absolutely. But if it's something from, from hope, from addiction, from anything else that's not even in this series, we're not going to say, oh, sorry, this is the depression week. 
we're going to say, okay, you can pray with us, okay? 